I mean, you have to do the work. You have to like dive deep to really feel, feel out what's happening at the core and, and really work on multi levels, how to release those sorts of things. So you can actually reprogram your brain and move on as a different human. Welcome to the Well-Balanced Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Botel, and I'm passionate about having meaningful and inspiring conversations about learning to respect, accept, and love yourself. Helping women find their worth and step away from the cycle of dieting and into a radical inside-out approach to health. If this sounds like something you are interested in, then you are in the right place, my friend. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, friends. I'm laughing because I was just talking to my husband about how just starting the initial episode is so awkward. Like, I want to come in with high energy, and then I come in with too high of energy, and I'm just like, well, that's going to scare somebody off, so calm down. But hi, welcome. I'm so happy to have you back or have you for the first time listening in. It feels like it's been a minute since I've sat down to record a new episode. And so I actually couldn't be more excited to share this great episode with you guys. The other day I sat down with my friend Sam Lynn from At The Brave Blonde to chat. And there is so much great information to take from this episode. She is such a beautiful person with such an important mission. And man, we talk about we talk about her life. And it's so inspiring to hear someone come from so much adversity and be able to have it fuel them for making positive change in their own life. And then even more so being able to take that life experience and realize that she can help so many other women alongside their journey. We get into talking about negative belief systems that we all have and what are some of the first steps we can take to work through those and the science behind why we have them and where they come from. It's just such a great little conversation. I strongly encourage you to go follow her on Instagram. All of her details are going to be in the show notes, but her IG is packed full with actual tools and advice on on how to overcome things like blame, anxiety, forgiveness, like real big life stuff that can feel hard to find a way out of. So honestly, seeing her post in your feed will be like a breath of fresh air and a real understanding to life situations. So before I get to this episode, though, I did want to mention that I I have another two amazing women coming up in the next episodes, and I cannot wait to share those with you. I truly hope you guys find them as inspiring as I do. So stay tuned for those. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Enjoy guys. First off, welcome Sam Lynn. I am so excited to have you on this episode. So thank you so much. I've been, ever since we've connected, I've been dying to sit down and record this episode with you. And I just love how social media can connect people And when I came across your Instagram account, your posts and your messages were just so powerful. I just love it. So why don't you start off by telling all of our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, 
a little bit about my where I'm at right now is, uh, you know, I created my handle, I created my social media content and my platform is an avenue to be able to give back on a lot of the things I've learned throughout my lifetime. And I wanted to be able to take my knowledge and my experience and provide that to other people that are looking for the same kind of assistance. So um, that's where I'm at now. Do you want to know a little bit about where I, where it all began? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I've lived a very colorful life. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'll just, I'll say it in that way. Um, I've, I've been through a multitude of experiences and I think that's why one of the reasons why I'm able to speak to people and connect to them so much is because I've probably experienced what they're going through on some level or some form. Mm -hmm. So, um, to, to brief it up, I grew up in a, a single family home. I was raised by my mother who um, has multiple sclerosis. So she was disabled and uh, my father was an alcoholic and a drug addict and was not very present in my life. Mm -hmm. And when he was present, it was usually a pretty traumatic uh, situation. So um, we definitely grew up in poverty because my father was non-supportive and had his own agenda. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think that was a bit of a struggle and it taught me a different side to life when you have to, you know, invite your friends over and let them know that we have to use a candle to walk to the bathroom because our lights were shut off because we didn't have electricity. We couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things shape and mold you in a way that, um, that, that, you know, not a lot of people, I think, experience. I think it humbles you in a way and it teaches you a different side to life. Sure. So um, we grew up in, in kind of a tricky situation in regards to that. I think that uh, as I got older in high school, that's where I really honestly struggled the most. It, it started in middle school and really spawned in high school. I... Uh, was just introduced to a lot of adult situations that my immature brain just couldn't, couldn't handle. Yeah. And I was always more mature for my age, whatever age I was in, but internally it was still so hard for me to grasp the mm -hmm. things that were kind of happening around me. Um, you know, my mother was really struggling with a lot of things. My father, you know, I had, for you know 15 years old would call me you know and I'd have to kind of walk him through how to flush his you know can you just flush your drugs on the toilet you don't need it you know the, that that was really kind of the makeup of my young adult life wow. so you know I, I spent a lot of my years as a young adult actually parenting my parents because mm -hmm. I had this one mom who's disabled and has you know these men, like mental hurdles so she can't really think as an adult and I have my father who um, you know, parting and living a lifestyle where he's just, um, you know, putting his life in danger and, and whatnot. And so I had to, you know, parent him on that side as well. Meanwhile, nobody was really parenting me. Right. <laughs> so, so I had to really kind of, I learned how to navigate life really early on. I learned, um, how to figure it out on my own. And, um, I was, that was the point in my life where I went through the, the heaviest of my anxiety and my depression mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, I feel like mental hurdles, mental diseases, they're not diseases. They're actually 
reactions <laughs> mm-hmm. from the trauma that you're experiencing and, and it's, it's the body's natural way of reacting right. because it, it can't, it can't handle it. Right. And if it's a reaction, that means we can change it somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was really difficult. I think that high school was definitely my lowest of low. I did what, you know, any underage, you know, under 18 kid would do is I listened to my 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 parent and my doctors who said to you know go the the route of medication and um that was when i i really hit rock bottom i definitely uh i'm not an advocate for people not taking medication if they need it and if it helps them um it's i haven't really come across a lot of people that are taking medications that are, you know, anti-anxiety or antidepressants that actually feel normal. A lot of them still have issues today. So it just begs the question, you know, what are these medications really and, and how are we really using it to help serve us? Exactly. But for me, right. <laughs> for me and my story, it made me really suicidal. Um, oh. I was just one of those people where it hit hard and I tried to escape from life um, through alcohol and just, um, really low functioning ways of trying to cope. And, um, it actually took a, there was a couple people in my life at that time frame that thankfully believed in me and showed me unconditional love, regardless of how, um, how in the, the deep darkness <laughs> of, of, of life. I was, I had a couple of people that really still showed me unconditional love and, um, thankfully they were around and, um, made me question, you know, how I was coping or trying to cope for that matter and what I was doing and, and where my life was being led. And, um, that actually pioneered a launch pad into a whole new direction to, into my life. So, um, it made me want to, to change essentially because what I was doing was not working. Right. So that was, I think the, the, the breaking point. And that's when I, you know, I, I basically went to my doctor saying, I'm feeling much better now. I'm feeling much better now until they weaned me off the medication, checked me off their list. Yeah. And once, once I got off the meds, I finally felt clear minded again. And that's when my road to discovering, um, how to heal really, really took off from whole, you know, holistic healing to science-based healing to nutritional-based healing to self-love reflection. Um, I, I, that's when I tried to learn anything and everything I possibly could Mm -hmm. about what does it mean to heal and what does it mean to love yourself? So, um, that was about 15 years ago that journey began. Wow. I mean, it's just so amazing that you had that strength in the first place and to realize that um, healing is such, oh, it's such deep, hard work, um, let alone when you've had that much trauma from, you know, right from the get-go to see that, you know, like taking medication in that regards isn't going to fix the healing that needs to be done inside of you. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, just, I just give you so much love for having the strength to do that in the first place, because that just is such strength. Like it blows me away. When I read your bio on your website, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like how can someone be go through so much adversity over and over and over again and still have that 
determination and and not kind of develop bitterness or the you know why me or and I feel like um you know it's so easy to get into that mind space uh it is it's really easy I think um comfort zone is easy for humans Mm -hmm. to just go with what's comfortable or what's safe but safety and comfortability usually doesn't grow you and it usually doesn't it, it doesn't lead you to you know complacency will never lead you to true inner happiness so or true. true inner fulfillment and it's really hard for people to see that because it's so much easier to just <laughs> yes. to, to find that place of complacency and, and it's funny and blame and blame is a big one I, you know i thank my mother for that um I do. My mother was actually a very, uh, she took a lot of responsibility for the hardship that she experienced Aww. in her life. Yeah. And um, she was never shy of healing or to talk about her healing or talk, to talk about what she needed to heal from. So I think she really pioneered that for me. Um, you know, flash forward years later, uh, see my 20s my my father actually eventually ended up dying he was actually um stabbed in a bar fight which oh, I'm sorry yeah it was not really a shocker right <laughs> um it was you know kind of in due time and two years later my mom my mother had a brain aneurysm a level four mm. brain aneurysm which basically essentially means death right. um there's really no way out of that and she she followed that up with two strokes oh no and, right and she actually ended up surviving it all oh oh my gosh i know amazing. <laughs> She's a living, walking miracle oh. right now. It's like truly unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. And, and get this a year later after her aneurysm and her two strokes, you know, I watched this woman um, pull herself from the ground up, literally relearn to walk, relearn to talk, relearn to eat, relearn oh. everything. And um, a year later, we found a brain tumor the size of a golf ball due to her uh, MRI checkups. Yes. And um, it just, it was huge. It got so big so fast. And mm-hmm because she was going for her MRI checkups from her aneurysm, the only approach that she took to having a golf ball sized brain tumor was gratitude because had she, had she have not had that brain aneurysm, she wouldn't be getting those regular checkups, which mean that means that brain tumor would have turned cancerous for sure. So it saved her life. It essentially saved her life. (laughs) How inspiring that somebody takes that, you know, point of view. And it's just, it's so easy when you have like, you know, a relatively good life to just be like, you just have to be grateful. You just have to be grateful because there's those people who have just been put through tragedy after tragedy. And, you know, and they probably look at someone who hasn't been through the trenches like they have and think, you know, how easy for you just to say, be grateful kind of thing. So when you see somebody who's gone through that and she can still take that out of it, that is just beyond inspiring. Like what an amazing example to have in your life. Yeah, she, it it definitely was the opposite side of the spectrum. And it really showed me that no matter how much trauma is experienced, Mm you can overcome it. And a lot of it has to do with your mindset and your attitude and, um, her, she's definitely been an inspiration. And one of, one of the the people that have really changed the route and the direction of my lifestyle and what I've done with it and want to do with it. And, um, she also pioneered my 
interest in quantum physics and epigenetics and what it means to have mind over matter and, and how does our brain usually actually function yes. and, and what is the true power of our brain capacity. And so I, I did a lot of digging and I did a lot of research and a lot of, um, and then, and tried to really understand the power of the brain due to that experience with my mother. So yeah, she's, she, she was a definitely an influence on my life for sure. Wow. That's just so amazing. So speaking of brain and the amount of power we have that we don't even realize, um, I thought it would kind of be fun to chat about belief systems. So for anyone that doesn't know what a belief system is, it's essentially, um, or limiting beliefs, are just beliefs that constrain us in some way. So just by believing in them, they hinder us in all different aspects of our lives. So I would love to dive in deeper with you um, about how limiting beliefs really affect our self-identity like and the worth we feel about ourselves. So did you want to maybe touch on like where belief systems stem from? Yes, I'd love to talk about that because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it's like once you start going down this hole, you're just like, oh my gosh, like what is, what is yes. real anymore? What's true to me? Like, <laughs> It's a rabbit hole. It's yeah. literally going down a rabbit hole. And there's once you start, there's no going back. Exactly. <laughs> it changes your life forever. So, um, so, you know, uh, back to the conversation where I was talking about, you know, where I was at in high school and I had mm -hmm. some really, really important people that were placed into my life that kind of allowed for a traje trajectory to launch off in a new direction. One of those very important people said something to me um, and, and that was the statement, you will never really truly be able to love someone else until you love yourself first, mm. truly, you know, truly and wholly. Right. And that's, that stuck with me even yeah. at the young age of, you know, I think I was like 17 or 18 years old. And I, that question just kept coming back to me as I was diving into this research and experiencing life and trying to learn, you know, what is this all about? What does it all mean? And I knew one thing was for sure. I knew I didn't love myself at that time frame, And I knew that I had to learn to love myself in order to change. Wow. And, but how do you do that? Like right. there's that, like, what is, how do you tactically make that happen? And how is it possible? Right. So um, that was a big part of my 15 year research. And what I've come to found, which is actually one of the most interesting things that I've ever discovered throughout my 34 years of, of living mm -hmm. um, is the belief systems and the patterns that we replay in our subconscious to our conscious mind on a continuous basis. It's quantum, phys quantum physics and um, neuroscience yeah. uh, in, in a nutshell and what their new discoveries are. And, and that is this, what, I, what I've come to find out this like blows people's minds when they realize this and can make the connections from the ages of zero to seven years old, you're in a certain brain wave, a certain state to where you are basically in a hypnosis. So you're, you're not using, utilizing information, taking it in to logically think it through and project it out. You're just downloading right. your brain is, is, you know, this giant computer system. And at those fresh ages of zero to seven, you're just a download computer system. Mm. You're taking and learning everything that's coming at you and it's being stored in, in various, we'll call them file pockets in your mind. 
So once you get out of that brainwave state and you, you enter into, you know, seven to, you know, on now we're, we're entering our individuality, our ego starts to become developed and we start to be able to logically think things through and piece things together. And essentially that's where we start to, to uh, develop our personality and our personal traits and really showcasing them to the world. Right. So um, what happens during that zero to seven is we're programming our subconscious mind and there on after we're living life through our conscious mind. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So the problem with that is that between zero to seven, I, I don't think at this point, a lot of parents really recognize or realize that what a child is introduced to during those prime ages is significant to their pattern system as they grow into adulthood. Right. So, um, you know, children see a lot of things that they shouldn't see at a young age. They're told a lot of things, they're convinced a lot of things about themselves, about who they're supposed to be based on what their environment is like. So if you take a child, for example, that grows up in an environment where they're told, you know, no, you can't have that. We can't afford that. Um, you know, we don't have any money. What do you think money grows on trees? For example, and they're told yeah. that their entire childhood as an adult, the probability of them having fears around money are significant. And the reason is because it's already programmed into their subconscious mind. So as an adult, their feedback loop just continues to go back to that old patterning. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Does that, did that make sense to you? Perfect sense. Um, it's, and it's crazy. It's unbelievable. And it's the smallest little things. It could just be, it could be, you know, something simple as your relationship with one of your parents. Yeah. If you have, you know, some sorts, some sort of negativity or some sort of tension or some sort of non-connection and your needs are not being met right. as a child between zero to seven, you're going to grow up and you're going to have relationship issues. Like it's mm -hmm. just, it's going to happen. And what I see a lot today is, um, you know, adults don't understand that their issues have to do with their belief systems, which are connected back to childhood. Right. It's so like intergenerational, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it, you know, because it's like my parents, their belief systems stem from their parents, that's from their parents, which mm -hmm. I think is why people, um, it's hard to change. Yes. It's very hard to change when you have generation after generation after generation basically passing down trauma. <laughs> right, because it, it's almost like it's factual. Like mm -hmm. you feel like it's factual. So you're just like, I get, I get that, you know, it doesn't feel like you're choosing to have that belief per se at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way I like to describe it is it becomes your norm, right? It, 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 it's, it's so natural to you, the behavior system that it just becomes your normal and you don't even recognize what's happening or what's unfolding. And a lot of times people default to their programmed pattern belief systems when they're being triggered in mm -hmm. some form or another, because that's when we're, um, the interesting thing about the brain is that we, we live in different realms and most of us are still in fight or flight. 
yes. <laughs> um, stress responses. And we're pumping out a, a, a lot of different chemicals as though we're in danger and we're just sitting in a room doing absolutely nothing, right. you know, but our, our mind is stuck in that, in that patterned belief that we are supposed to be stressed. We're supposed to be anxious. We're supposed to worry because our needs didn't get met. We saw things we weren't supposed to see and life is stressful. And so we can be making our coffee in the morning before our day even starts. And we're already having anxiety about what's going to unfold because we're stuck in that, you know, that stress response. Yeah. And the goal is to be able to back out of that and become stabilized. And once you become stabilized, then you can start to really train and reprogram your mind to really become anything that it wants to. Right. So how would you recommend somebody starting to identify these negative belief systems that they might have? Uh, what would I say to somebody? Um, the first thing I would say is congratulations <laughs> for, <laughs> for recognizing it because I think the problem in today's society and why people are pill popping every other day and you know not getting better is because people don't want to recognize that it's it's inside of oneself. Like this is it's it's the brain. It's deeper right. than just you know something you can rechemical. Um, unless you're one of those rare cases that actually has a chemical imbalance, right? right. So yes. I would say for sure, congratulations on recognizing that you have negative belief systems. I think that's really powerful. Um, I've known quite a few people in my life that have no idea that it it's them. Right. <laughs> Very true. And, and I can tell you that any human being that has problems in their life, it's, it's that person's responsibility. So, um, that's the first thing I would say. And, uh, the, the second thing I would do is, is try to figure out, okay, so we need to figure out what are those belief systems? Mm -hmm. What, what are they? Um, how do they make you feel? What triggers you? When, when do they come up? What, what specific situations trigger you that make them come to the forefront of your life? Yes. And now let's relate that back to your childhood. So tell me what was the first time that you actually experienced that happening? Was it with your mother? Was it with your father? Was it both? Do you remember a scenario? Do you remember just feeling a certain way? Because once we can get to the root cause of it to where it really actually began, that's when we can really heal to the core. It's funny when you start working back like that and maybe you've come to this belief system you have and, and you're looking at it and when you back it up that far and you kind of break it down, you can look at it from such a different perspective of asking like, is this even true? Like, yes. why am I believing this? Because <laughs> on, you know, if I've journaled it out or written it down, I, I know now that this is not true. But yet, until you take it back and really like dig and discover what it is that is holding you back, it's hard to kind of look at it with, you know, 2020 vision. Yeah, the we're humans, you know, we have egos and we don't want to, we want to be right all the time. And we want to know that we're doing our best all the time. And we want to know that um, the way we're living is the best we can possibly live. And we you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard to step back and say, you know, take that individual ownership and, and really recognize it and, and do the work to actually try to, to change it and fix it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're completely right. You know, what's interesting is, and it just like keeps, it keeps coming up and 
and um, I think it took multiple times of it coming up before it really hit home with me. But um, I think like regardless of our childhood, our parents for the most part, um, you know, the ones that are active in our lives are there. No, no parent is trying to screw their child up or, yeah. And so I think even with the best intent, we all have our own issues. And I actually, I come from a large family. And what's so interesting is even though we were all parented relatively similar for the most part, I mean, you can't parent every child similar, but we grew up in the same home with the same parents and everyone has such a different take of their childhood. But what's interesting to me is that now as grown adults, we have the ability to parent ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so empowering to realize, okay, maybe I see something that I didn't get that I need or I needed. But now as an adult, you have that ability to give that to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just think being able to realize that you're in control and then there it goes back to that blame. You can remove the blame off of those people who innocently, I mean, I think everyone's just trying to do their best and sometimes their best isn't great, but when you realize that you can parent yourself, then you can start your own healing that's not contingent to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, you couldn't have said it better. You 100% nailed it. And that's what really doing the work, doing, doing the healing work is really all about. It's about getting your needs met and realizing that you are safe right now. Right, right. <laughs> and you, and you don't have to be in fight or flight. And although those words that, that sounds like one sentence, right. But it's actually a lot of really hard work and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of, it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of conscious effort to be able to go there because um, it is a lot of emotions. It's a lot of things that need to be dealt with. And um, to your point, I love that you brought up, um, you know, nobody's out there just being, you know, being traumatic toward other people for the sake of being traumatic. It's it's learned behavior and every human being, no matter matter how, you know, how good or how bad they're doing the best that they can at that point in time. And I think that's a big part of the healing process is, you know, step one, let's, let's figure out what your belief systems are. You know, what hurdles are you experiencing? Step two, you know, let's relate that back to childhood. What parents need or what parent didn't meet your need and what was that need that needs to be met? Step three, let's meet those needs right now. Let's figure out how to reparent yourself so you can offer those things to yourself and, and allow yourself to be and that zone where you feel safe and you feel grounded and you feel stable because you are able to provide those things to you that you didn't get um, way back when. And then I think, you know, right in alignment with that is one of the other biggest pieces to healing, the healing process, which is forgiveness and understanding of others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right along the lines of, you know, your recognition that people don't have kids to ruin them. Right. <laughs> you know, every, everyone is truly doing the best they can, no matter how horrible it may be with right. the circumstances that they were raised in, with the um, things that were provided to them, the knowledge base that they have and, and what they were able to do with it. And once you're able to 
you know, step back and see that you can really heal for full circle. That's actually something that I've, I really took to heart in my own healing journey is I took the time to not just relate back, you know, what my hurdles were back to my childhood and, and working to actively heal that and, and, and meet my own needs and make sure I felt safe and make sure I was taking care of myself in those ways I didn't get when I was four. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I did a lot of my own self-discovery on my family and going back and asking questions to um, my mother, my grand, my grandparents and asking, you know, so, Hey, what was, you know, what was life like growing up for you? And just going on this search of discovery of like, what have you actually been through that put you in the position to put me in the position I was in? Right. You know what I'm saying? And what that does, what that does is it creates human to human understanding. So it's being able to emotionally un like unattach yourself. Right. And realize that these are just other human beings that were also handed, you know, a not so, so good plate in life. And yes. they, they did what they could with it. And once you have understanding of the other individuals upbringing, that's caused you harm, although it's really hard sometimes <laughs> to yeah. really die, like dig deep and really understand that that person was once a child whose needs did not get met and then right. experienced trauma in one form or another. It's really hard to go there when you're experiencing real life problems today, you know, mm-hmm. but once you can reach the level of understanding them and their story and become emotionally attached, then that's where the forgiveness steps in. And you're mm-hmm. able to, you know, once you're able to forgive and understand, you're able to re- release and let go. And I think that cleans up the last particles of, of the healing that, you know, some people, in today's world that are trying to especially alternatively heal are missing because it's not about just meditating every day and doing yoga and trying to be spiritual or trying to like control your emotions. It's so much deeper than all of that. It's, it's really, you know, science-based technology to, to get you there and to get a true understanding, but it's also, I mean, you have to do the work. You have to like dive deep to really feel, feel out what's happening at the core and, and really work on multi-levels, how to release those sorts of things. So you can actually reprogram your brain and move on as a different human. Right. It's just, yeah, you have to go deeper than that surface level. I just read uh, this last week an Elizabeth Gilbert quote, and it was so perfect it it kind of i'm paraphrasing but it essentially said like nobody wants to do the work like the real soul changing work because it's hard and you have to really like you know it's not easy so it's just but i think that like you said when we can look at the people that might have you know put these negative belief systems into our lives and you go back and you, you think of them as a child that was in the same position or even maybe a worse off position and having compassion for that person and then being able to just remove the blame for what it caused you. It's so powerful to be in that state because Mm -hmm. you take back all of the control. Mm -hmm. You take, you take back your power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Which is just amazing because then you can, you're in charge of your life. You're in charge of the feelings that you feel and, and how you go forth then once you've gotten to that state. 
Yeah. Well, ultimately what blaming does is it, it doesn't hurt anybody around you. It only hurts yourself. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's like, it, it, it all comes back inside. So if you're, you know, sitting there and you're angry with someone or you're blaming them or you're, um, hating on them in some form or another, you haven't been able to forgive them. You're holding grudges against them. It, 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 it's not affecting them. It does not change. It does not change their mental state, their emotional state, how they're living their life, um, how they're feeling emotionally. The only thing it does is cause you more ongoing upset emotions, which causes imbalance chemically inside of your own system, your own self, which is still making your brain and your body believe that there's something wrong and you're in flight or flight. You're in that danger zone. You're not safe yet. So it's like this ongoing spiral of a feedback loop that um, people don't recognize. But Mm -hmm. to your point, he doing the work is hard. It's, it's really hard. It's so much easier for people to just point their finger and blame the person in front of them or their, yeah. Or their external circumstance. It's just easy. It's easy. And we're humans. We're lazy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we like, yeah, we're, when it comes to our, our brain and our mental capacity and our growth, we're just, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't, we haven't evolved. It's a, it's a slow evolution Mm -hmm. and us realizing when we take the time and we do the work, no matter how hard it may be, you know, what's on the other side of that is so much more rich and fulfilling. Exactly. And I think what I've seen, um, in my own life and in working with clients in the past is that because that self-work is so hard. Sometimes I feel like we like to distract ourselves with um, things we feel like might solve the solution that don't. So maybe we are unhappy with ourselves or unhappy with, you know, personality traits that we might have or judgments we make, or maybe we don't even know what it is that we're unhappy with, but we just know we just don't love the person we're seeing. And I think a lot of us think the answer is fixing our physical appearance Mm -hmm. and and that's why I think the cycle of dieting is even why it doesn't work is because if you can't love the person you are and and get to a place where you can appreciate and respect the person you are then no matter what your physical appearance looks like, you will never have that happiness that you think it's going to bring you. Um, And I think like, I think at the root of so many belief systems, it's that we're not worthy or that we're not enough. What would be the first step somebody could take in order to try to find their self-worth like how can they love start loving themselves while they're in transition of this hard deep work because i think it's so hard we can't the problem is is that we keep waiting to love ourselves Mm -hmm. and we just need to love ourselves right now like love ourselves Mm -hmm. through it do you have any advice for someone that just feels like they're so stuck that there's just no way that they can kind of get there Yes, I do. I think that what you're describing, it sounds like escapism to me. 
just just the 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 hamster wheel of escapism you know we have netflix we have food we have chocolate we have you know instagram Instagram, social media um all these things that are externally outside of us rotating relationships (laughs) you know one person after escapism is um something that i've really learned um, pretty heavy in the past, let's say four years of my life, there was something that was someone that was very close to me that really taught me a lot about escapism and the dangers of it. And, um, I think escapism is easy yeah. because again, going back to like actually doing the work and looking inside just way too hard. It's so much easier to zone out quote unquote, you know, and Netflix and eat your, you know, chocolate and your, you know, fried foods or what have you. Yes. Um, not that that's something, there's anything wrong with that. I think that, you know, implementing things that you enjoy into your life periodically is a really positive thing, but when it's used in the sense of escapism, right. um, it's what it's doing is it's just causing you entrapment in yes. the very hole that you're in. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And there's no getting out of that. So your question is, you know, what advice would you give someone that does feel you know, kind of stuck in that hole and is trying to find self-love and trying to seek that. I think, um, I think that the, the, in order to begin self-love, you have to love yourself enough to, to do, to do the work. You have to love yourself enough to, you know, not use the escapism pieces that you've implemented into your life to try to make yourself feel better in the moment. And you have to love yourself enough to, really get down and dirty and get deep inside of you, you know, instead of taking your focus basically outside of yourself and turning it within. I think that is the biggest step to self-love that anybody that's in the beginning stages of seeking it needs, like that's a hundred percent what needs to be taken. Yes. Until you can start looking internally, nothing external, like the donuts are not going to fill you. They're just not, (laughs) they're not going to fill you up. It's going to cause some chemicals to react in your brain. It's going to make you think that, you know, you're, you're, you're getting something that's good. It's just like a drug. It's just just another form of a drug. It lights up your brain, just, you know, sugar lights up your brain, just like cocaine. Yes. You know, it's, it's a study, it's statistics, it's, the same thing. And we think that that's, what's going to make us feel better, but you know, recognizing and realizing that you love yourself enough to want the change and actually taking the steps to do that is what needs to happen in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's not about not eating the donut. It's not about not turning on Netflix. It's not about going outside instead or doing something that's healthy for you. Although those things are good, but what'll happen if somebody's like, okay, you know what? I want to show myself self-love, like hashtag self-care. There's this whole movement. Let me, let me jump on this bandwagon. And they're like, okay, let me set aside the donuts. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to work out. I'm going to exercise and do all these great things for myself. And then what happens after a couple weeks, a month, maybe two mm-hmm. months, if they're lucky, is they start to fall back and they start to revert back into their old patterning because the real issues still hasn't been helped. Right. They're just making a conscious effort to try to make some shifts, but that's why people keep going on dieting fads one after the other, after mm-hmm. the other, never actually getting to where they want to be because they're right. looking the wrong way. They're looking oh, outside themselves instead percent. of inside themselves. Oh yes, exactly. And it's so cyclical when you are in that state, it'll just, you will stay, you know, 
on that hamster wheel, like you said, until you realize, okay, this isn't working. I need, I need to do something different. And it is, it's about looking inwards. And I just think the work you are doing to help women is so it's life changing. It's because when, when we can wake up and realize that we can help ourselves and there's people like you who can help guide us through it because it is hard work and you know, you're not always going to want to do it and not even not always want to go going to want to do it. Sometimes you just don't know how to do it. Sometimes there, you can be in such a state of feeling hopeless and stuck and that there isn't even a way out for you. So like, Mm -hmm. I know you have the aligned life method, which is what helps women, um, work through these things. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's my, um, 12 week program to actually move through a lot of the steps amongst others that we discussed, um, together today to really get down deep and do the work and really pull out once and for all what's been preventing people from moving forward. Um, and I work with women, especially because I just, as you do, I know we've talked about this before with each other, just the, um, the ability for women to empower women, I think is something that's so needed in today's world. Mm-hmm. especially with, you know, media and, you know, all these things, all these factors that just constantly make us easily feel down about who we are, bad about ourselves, or cause us to maybe want to put on a mask and not, not get down, you know, deep to what, what's really going on. Um, I think a movement of women supporting women right now, especially is very much needed. Yeah. And if we have, the more women we have supporting other women, the better. And And if we have, you know, the capability of being able to really, truly reroute and change people's lives, then, then we need to step forth and we need to be able to assist one another, assist each other and do that. Because if you know what it feels like, you don't want anyone else to, to live in that ever. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know it is. We were, we were previously discussing it and I just think it's so beautiful when women can support women because um, you know, I don't know how a man's mind works, so I won't speak to that, but I just know as women, it's so easy for us to feel guilt and shame and pressures. And I think when we can just realize that we're all feeling that, so it's not unique to, to any individual person, we can relate to each other and then we can remove those unnecessary pressures we put on ourselves or the unnecessary guilt or the unnecessary stress and we can just support each other and I think that it just is so inspiring to see women really step into that and become powerful and and yeah it's just amazing thank you so how um can someone go about finding you? I will definitely have all of your information in the show notes, but if this conversation sparked somebody's interest and they are thinking that they, you are the life coach they need, that you are the person that is going to help get them through um, the battles that they are maybe going through, what is the best place that they can find you? Yeah, so the best place to uh, find me is to check out my Instagram social media page. Uh, it's at the Brave Blonde. That's where a lot of my educational materials 
materials are. I put a lot of content up for free to help anybody. So come check me out there. There's a lot of informational um, based posts and videos that are all over my page to it's help so anyone much. in need. Yeah. It's <laughs> and awesome. it's gonna so it's definitely. gonna keep coming. Yeah. Um, I wanted to create a platform that was able to help anybody. If someone's not in a position to work with me right now, mm -hmm. I still want to be able to provide assistance on some level or another. So definitely check me out there. I am on Facebook as well. Um, same name at the Brave Blonde. Sam Lynn is where you can find me or email at thebraveblonde1 at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much, Sam Lynn. I loved our conversation and I just appreciate that you took the time out of your busy life to chat. Yes, thank you. This was an amazing conversation and I look forward to so many more with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Well-Balanced Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you took a screenshot, tagged me, and then shared it on your Instagram stories. Also, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcast, I would truly appreciate if you left me a rating and review. Just let me know what your thoughts are and if there's anything you want to hear more of on the Well-Balanced Podcast.